The president-elect was in an upbeat mood, nursing a cocktail and talking about the makeup of his administration, when word came from the cockpit that his pregnant wife had collapsed at their Georgetown home. He was devastated, stricken with remorse, his aide Kenneth O'Donnell recalled, because he was not with his wife. John F. Kennedy had reason to feel guilty. Although Caroline's birth in 1957 had been an easy one, Jackie had already endured a miscarriage and a stillbirth that nearly killed her. In the closing weeks of the 1960 presidential campaign, Jack had pressured Jackie to join him on the campaign trail. She defied her doctors and reluctantly agreed, pushing herself to the brink of collapse. This final campaign surge ended with a ticker-tape parade through New York's fabled Canyon of Heroes, a frenzied blur of mass hysteria during which the candidate and his wife perched precariously on the back of an open car. Several times they were both nearly yanked from the car by overzealous fans tugging at their sleeves. After taking such risks to ensure her husband's narrow victory margin, less than one-fifth of one percent, Jackie might have expected that Jack could make more time for her and for Caroline, the daughter he called Buttons. Instead, their red-brick townhouse on Georgetown's narrow end street became Transition Central, overrun with both hard-boiled rank-and-file members of Kennedy's Irish Murphia, as well as the youthful and energetic Ivy Leaguers, who made up JFK's personal brain trust. The scene was no less chaotic outside, where reporters and onlookers pressed against police barricades across the street. Several times a day, Jack, still determined to accommodate the faithful whenever possible, strode across the street to shake hands and parry with the press. Jackie, sensing that all was not right with her pregnancy, was now determined to obey her obstetrician's orders not to leave the house. Holed up upstairs, she begged Jack to spend time with her and Caroline. Instead, he began shuttling between Georgetown and La Guerrida, roughly spoils of war in Spanish, Joseph Kennedy's sprawling oceanfront estate in Palm Beach, Florida. There, JFK and his father, tended to by a household staff of twelve, sunbathed in the nude while discussing possible cabinet appointments. Jack did agree to fly back to Georgetown to share a quiet Thanksgiving dinner with his wife and daughter, but only as long as he could fly back to Palm Beach that same night. Understandably apprehensive, now that the due date was only three weeks away, Jackie pleaded with him to stay. "'Why can't you stay here until I have the baby?' she asked. "'And then we can go down together.' Jack refused. Caroline had been born right on schedule, and Jack had no reason to think the next baby would be any different. Besides, three weeks might as well have been six months to him, their friend Bill Walton said. He was not about to put everything on hold just because Jackie was a little nervous. He had a country to run.' As soon as he finished his pumpkin pie, Jack departed for Palm Beach, leaving a crestfallen Jackie behind. The president-elect's plane had only been in the air a matter of minutes when Caroline's nanny, Maud Shaw, heard Jackie's screams. Rushed by ambulance to Georgetown University Hospital, Jackie was immediately prepped for an emergency cesarean. Once he touched down in Florida, Jack commandeered the fastest aircraft available the DC-6 press plane that trailed the Caroline, and headed straight back to Washington. En route, he put on the cockpit headphones and waited for any news. It wasn't until shortly before 1 a.m. on November 25, 1960, that passengers and crew could breathe a sigh of relief.
when Press Secretary Pierre Salinger announced over the intercom that Mrs. Kennedy had just given birth by cesarean section to a healthy six-pound, three-ounce boy, the reporters cheered, and JFK, smiling broadly, took a deep bow. While the press was spoon-fed glowing reports that mother and child were doing well and resting comfortably, both Jackie and her baby remained in guarded condition. Once the anesthesia wore off, Jackie, still in considerable pain from her ordeal, demanded to see her son. She could see her baby, but was forbidden to hold him. The infant, suffering from what would turn out to be an undiagnosed respiratory ailment, spent the first six days of his life in an incubator. Jackie's condition, meanwhile, was also problematic. It would take months for Jackie and her baby to fully recover, but only after each suffered setbacks severe enough.